trying to, if you can understand what I'm trying to do, little bro, I'm trying to give you that vibe, you understand? Perfection comes with time, man. So special. This shit like. Yo, welcome, welcome world. I'm your host, J-Ron, and this is my podcast, the Work in Progress Podcast. And today is Inspirational Monday, and I'm trying to go ahead and push out this story that inspired me back when I was 21, when I was going through a hard time. Um, I was looking for a house. And if you know anything about being 21, you know you don't have a lot of money, and you're just not at the best job that you could possibly be at. But nonetheless, I believe that I can go ahead and obtain a house. Um, I have been dreaming about it since I was younger due to the fact that I was raised in a single family home and we always moved from location to location. And with that being said, I just promised myself that I will always buy my own house. That way I didn't have to move. I was sick of moving. And I was the oldest male out of the family of uh, four, the four of us, my mother, my younger brother and sister. And being the oldest male, as I started to go through puberty and things like that, there was never a moving crew. It was just me. And I had a brother who would always try to weasel his way out of uh, helping. So I just said, you know what, God, I just need to go ahead and get my own house. I'm sick of moving. I'm sick of this shit. And God kind of, you know, in a in a way told me, like, yeah, I'll give you that. So at 21, I ended up uh, bumping into my cousin and she was on the verge of buying her own house and she was just giving me free game. You know, she talked about all the strategies I could use and stuff like that. And I was meeting realtor after realtor and a couple of them believed that I could do it because the economy had just crashed. And I was just excited. I was all for it. But I didn't know all the hard work that went into finding a house especially one that fits your budget, one that was in a good neighborhood, had plenty of bathrooms that you can go ahead and use. Even though it was just me at the time, I had nobody, no girlfriend, no kids, nothing. It was just me. I wanted three bathrooms because I was always sick of sharing the same bathroom with my brother and sisters. So I just wanted the options of having three bathrooms, three bedrooms, in case they ever wanted to come crash or something like that. I just wanted something of my own, something I can go ahead and call home because it was just so hard for us as kids. And I don't want to sit there and make it seem like life was just, you know, really bad for us, but it wasn't the greatest. And some of those moments pushed me to be the man that I am. So I have to go ahead and, you know, give God thanks for that because throughout the whole entire time, he had his hand on me and my family to make sure that nothing bad happened to us. You know, I've never been shot, never been stabbed, never lost anybody um, in my family. I've lost a lot of close friends. They were shot, stabbed, and killed. And, you know, I just thank God for always saving me and protecting me. And I'm not a very religious person, but I am spiritual. I believe that there is something greater than me. I believe that God is in me. And the reason why I tell you that is because I want you to understand, I never grew up in a church, but some of the references and the uh, stories that I use are churchy because I feel like they kind of saved me in certain different points of my life. Like this story that I'm going to tell you today about a woman named Tabitha, 
It has nothing to do with Tabitha Brown, but I just like the name Tabitha. I can't remember uh, the woman's name of the story, but I remember how the story went. Um, so not getting too far into the story yet. I want to go ahead and give a, a disclaimer. I am not a preacher, teacher, or a therapist, but I do believe in self-development. I believe in self-love. I believe in all that. I believe that we need to do the work to really push ourselves to the next level. The reason why I'm doing this podcast, if anybody knows me personally, knows that I am the jokester of the group. I created this avatar where I'm a bubbling idiot and I always say something random to keep people laughing because I'm really afraid of what they would think of me if they knew I had serious thoughts or I was a deep thinker or I analyzed stuff. I was scared to show that part of my life. And when I went through my depression about five years ago, well, you know, I just recently got out of it maybe a year and a half ago. It really showed me that I cannot be just one way. I had to be all of it. God put a lot in me. He put laughter. He put sadness. He put everything in me. And the person that I was running from was a person that God wanted to come out of me to be better. So my model here on this platform is I'm not perfect. You're not perfect, but we can be better than we were yesterday. If we just take the time to think about things and really just start putting work into ourselves just by telling telling ourselves that we love you, love ourselves. So before I get into the story, I also want to go ahead and just recognize a good friend of mine, Joseph Lefevre, who ended up dying suddenly uh, while eating dinner with his uh, daughter. He wasn't on drugs. It wasn't because of C-19. It wasn't because of any of that. It was just something that randomly happened. I believe his heart gave out or whatever. It it doesn't matter. He's gone. And he was just a great person, a person that could walk into any room and just be himself. He didn't look like me. He was a he was a white guy, but if you listen to him, man, you could just tell he was a real down-to-earth person. He didn't see color, and that's the only person I well, only one of the few people that I can say really did not see color because there was plenty of times where color was brought up and Joseph came in my defense. Joe came to my defense and I mean, he fought. We were all fighting because me and my buddy got called nigger and that was something he didn't play. He didn't, he didn't stand for that. So to lose him and have all these memories that I hung out with him all these times that we got in trouble together, it was just a sad thing to go ahead and see him go. But in that lesson of losing Joe, it taught me that death doesn't wait for us to reach perfection. It just takes us as we are. So instead of trying to push out the most perfect podcast that I could possibly push out, I have to go ahead and take it as it is. And I'm asking you to, but I'm working on it. Everything is always going to be a working progress. So. With that being said, I want to go ahead and tell this story about a a woman named Tabitha. And the reason why I find this story so, so dear to me is because, again, when I was looking for a house, nobody took me seriously. Nobody believed in my dream, my vision of having my own home. And 
I was just getting discouraged after six to eight months of not ever finding the house that was meant for me. And I remember getting this story from uh, my grandfather and he was asking me, how did everything go? How was stuff going? And I was just telling him how I was discouraged. You know, maybe I should just try when I'm older. And he was like, no, I keep pushing. And he uh, sent me this story that kind of helped me understand things in a better perspective. So the story of Tabitha goes. There was a woman who had a husband and two, two small children, and they had fallen on hard times. Now, no matter what they did, they could never fully pay the rent. And one month turned into two months, three months. They were behind almost three months worth of rent. And on the third month, her husband just woke up one day and said, you know what? This is not how I plan my life. I'm just done. So he ends up packing his stuff up and he walks out the door. Now, heartbroken, Tabitha is asking herself what she's going to what is she going to do? She only has a part time job and she doesn't even know how she's going to even come up with last month, not let alone three months worth of rent. So she's just at a hard place and a hard time. She goes to church that Sunday and she begins to pray to God. You know, God, send me help. God, you know, move my footsteps in the right direction. She's praying everything. And at the end of the service, she's starting to feel a little bit better. So that Monday she wakes up, she sets herself up with a couple of interviews. She goes throughout the entire week going from interview to interview and nobody hires her. And she's just feeling really discouraged because she doesn't know what she's going to do. So, again, she goes back to church on that Sunday. And this time she's just broken because she knows she has to come up with that rent money. So she starts to pray even harder. And, I mean, she's praying so hard that she's crying. And as she's crying, she's feeling her body shake like she's having one of those heartfelt soul cries. Like you ever seen one of those soul cries where you see somebody crying like if if I was to whoop you with a signature cord and hit your back and the noise don't come out, but you sitting there and all the tears are coming out, that's how Tabitha was crying. She had one of the ugliest cries ever, like snot, everything. But people in the church didn't laugh at her because they felt what she was going through. And she was just yelling, help me, God, help me. And at that moment, she fell to her knees. She felt like she was alone. She was just like, help me, like demanding God help her. And one of the mothers came up, put their hand on her back and just started rubbing, rubbing her back and saying, baby, it's going to be okay. God got you. God got you. So Tabitha is sitting there. And she's like, okay, pull yourself together, pull yourself together. And she's starting to feel better as this woman is talking to her. She's just telling her everything is going to be okay. But she also feels it in her heart. Everything is going to be okay. So <laughs> the next that night, Tabitha ends up having a dream. And in her dream, she's in her car driving and she's getting off on this exit. She got off on exit 205. And she's like, you know, I don't know what that means. And as she's getting off on this exit in her dream, she ends up pulling up to this white building. And in the white building, she gets out of her car and then she wakes up. So she's like, I don't understand what this dream means. You know, I don't understand why uh, God would give me this dream, but she felt like she had to go. So 
that morning, Monday morning, she's sitting there. She's like, you know, God, I don't even have the money to go ahead and go down to this place. You know, I'm going to just push it to the side. I still got an interview today. I'm going to try to go to that interview. So she doesn't do what God told her to do. She goes to the interview. And again, they reject her. They say, hey, you know, uh, we're really looking for somebody that's more qualified. Um, maybe you can try back next time when you have a, a couple of credentials that we're looking for. So discouraged again, she's crying. She's like, God, you know, I came home today and I seen an eviction notice. And they said, we got to be out of here by the end of the week. God, what am I going to do? So she's crying again. She's feeling distraught and she's feeling alone. So as she's sitting here crying, she cries herself to sleep. And then again, she has the same dream. She's dreaming. She goes off. She's driving down the road and she gets off at this exit of 205. And she's like, man, I don't understand. So again, every time she has this dream, she's waking up in front of a white building. So she wakes up in the middle of the night, shooken. She's like, man, you know, God, this dream seems so real. What is it you're trying to tell me? Why do I need to go to this place? What is it about this? I don't have any money. I don't even know how I'm going to feed my kids tonight. There's no money, God. Why are you trying to do this to me? Why are you not helping me? So she's asking all these questions, and she's just beginning to cry. And again, she feels everything is going to be okay. Calm yourself. Calm yourself. And she's breathing light. She's like, okay. She's getting herself together, and she's just up the rest of the night. So that morning, Tuesday morning, her daughter comes into the room. She's like, mommy, mommy, I had a dream last night. She's like, oh, yeah. All right, well, while you're sitting there dreaming, I need you to go ahead and make sure you get ready for school. Get your clothes and stuff. No, no, no. Listen, mommy, I had a dream you were wearing this blue dress. I think you would look real pretty in this blue dress, mommy. Please put this blue dress on. So she goes into the closet and she's ruffling through her stuff. She's like, there, there it is. She picks the dress up. She puts it on her mom's bed real nice and neatly. And she's like, mom, put this dress on. You'll look really nice today. And she's like, look, I got too much on my mind to be worried about some silly dress. Go ahead and get ready for school. She's like, please. She's like, I'll think about it. So the little girl goes out of the room. Tabitha is like, you know, I just need to get myself together. I really just can't take too, more, too many more losses. So she goes in the bathroom, she showers, she puts her makeup on, and she's like, I got to go back out and look for a job, you know. That's the only way that's going to be uh, get me out of this situation. I need, I need to get a job. But as she's sitting there going through her closet looking for something to put on, that blue dress is just really sticking out to her. She's like, man, I haven't worn this dress in years. I wonder if it still fits. So she puts the dress on. And as she's putting the dress on, pushing down the sides, making herself look real good in the mirror, she feels something bulging out of her pocket. So she's like, what is this? So she reaches inside, pulls it out. It's $200. She's like, oh, my God, I've never put no money like that in my pocket. So she's like, all right, you know what? I got enough to feed the kids tonight. Maybe I could go ahead and get a U-Haul and go ahead and rent a truck to go ahead and move move our stuff up out of here. You know, that'll leave me with only like $16, but I don't know where I'm going to go. But then all of a sudden she has this uh, feeling like, you know what, maybe I should go down there to exit 205 and see what it is that God keep trying to send me. She's like, but that's two hours away from where I'm at. She's like, I don't know about it. So she starts to have this doubt. And then all of a sudden her daughter comes back in and says, hey, mommy, 
are you going to go today? She's like, what are you talking about? Go where? She's like, you got somewhere important to go today. You got to go. And she's just looking at her daughter confused, like, what are you talking about? She's like, you know what? I guess that's my sign. I guess God is giving me a sign to go. So she puts her kids on the bus, and she just starts driving down to exit 205. So when she gets off on the exit, she's driving around, and she's looking for this white building in her dreams. And she's like, man, this building isn't even here. I don't even know why I'm out here. I don't even know why I spent this gas money. I don't even know why I did this. Like, this is not helping me at all. And she looks up, and she sees a white building. So she pulls in front of the white building, and she's just sitting there for like a half an hour. And she's like, man, I just feel so stupid. So she starts to cry again because she's like, man, you know, I did all this stuff, and I don't even know what I'm doing. I don't even know why I'm here. But, again, while she's sitting there crying and feeling self-pity on herself, God tells her, calm yourself. Get out of the car. So Tabitha gets out of the car, and she's wiping her face, and her mascara is running. And within five minutes, a white man walks up to her. She's like, uh, hey, how you doing? She's like, oh, I'm fine. He's like, what's your name? She's like, uh, my name's Tabitha. Why? He was like, I don't know, Tabitha. I really like that dress that you're wearing. Why don't you go ahead and come inside and uh, maybe we could talk? She's like, uh, talk about what? She's like, I don't know, whatever. But I felt like God was uh, telling me that I was going to meet a woman in a blue dress today. Don't you think that's kind of funny? She was like, oh, my God, what are you? She's feeling some kind of way. But at this time, she doesn't feel threatened. She doesn't feel like anything is wrong. She feels like, man, this is God moving my footsteps like I asked him to do. So she goes inside the building, and she's looking around. She asks the man, um, what is this place? He says, oh, this is a radio station. A radio station? My God, what are we going to do on a radio station? He says, well, I kind of want you to tell your story. I don't know what it is about you or why you're even here, but I feel like your story would be good. She was like, I don't have a story. He says, sure you do. We all have one. So Feeling like she shouldn't even tell her story at all, Tabitha follows the man and ends up in the in the room, the DJ room. And he's telling her she's got to tell her story. So they do a countdown, five, four, three, two, one, and they put Tabitha on the spot. And Tabitha is telling her about her husband. He's telling her about the time that they lost all their money, how they were behind on their rent, and everything else. And Tabitha's just feeling some kind of way due to the fact that she's just sharing her her life over the radio with a bunch of people she doesn't even know. And she's feeling silly, and she starts to cry because she's getting to the part where she's talking about how God has given her this dream that's brought her here so she knows God is with her. She's like, I don't know what it is, but I'm here. You know, God really just brought me to this place. And the DJ is just listening. He's not interrupting. He's just listening to her tell her story. Meanwhile, while she's telling her story, 10 miles down the road, there's a guy that's listening to this radio station at this particular time. And he's sitting there listening, trying to get inspired because he likes the DJ and how he hosts his show. And he hears his story, and he's just like, man, I really wish I could go ahead and do something for her. And as he's sitting there wishing that, all of a sudden his boss who's a jerk, comes up, and he's like, yo, what are you doing? You know we have no radio policy. Why are you listening to the radio at this time? You should be working instead of listening to somebody tell their sob story. 
So while Tabitha is telling the part about her losing out and talking about God and all the things that she's going through at this particular moment, the guy, the boss is sitting there and he's looking at her. He's like, can you believe this woman? She believed God sent her down here. She found $200 and God sent her down here. What an idiot. You know what? Here, since she wants to believe in God so much, the boss pulls out his wallet and he takes and he slaps $500 down on the employee's desk. He says, I want you to take this $500 and I want you to go ahead and go to the grocery store and buy her some food since she can't feed her family. And here, he pulls out his checkbook and he writes a check. He says, I want you to give her this money. And the employee is looking like, man, that's, that's pretty generous of you. And he looks down at how much he wrote on the check. He's like, oh, wow. He says, yeah, I want you to go ahead and give her this check. But when you give it to her, you tell her the devil sent it. And the guy's sitting there like, wait, what? I can't do that, man. That's, that's hateful. That's, that's mean. I can't do that. I don't want to be a part of that. The boss looks at him and said, Tabitha won't be the only one that gets evicted if you don't go ahead and do this. You'll be out of a job and you won't have a place to live. So feeling like, oh, man, you know, it's either this or my job. And he says, yep, and you got to do it. So the employee is feeling some kind of way, but he gets up. He's like, you know, maybe if I move slow, you know, Tabitha be gone and they could just ship it to her. And I won't have to be a part of this, you know, heinous, this heinous scheme of uh, being spiteful. Nope. He goes down to the store. He buys all this food. Then all of a sudden he gets to the radio station and they're like five minutes left into the broadcast. He walks inside the room and he hands her all these groceries and Tabitha's just filled with joy. She's crying. And the guy's like, you know, here's a check um, to help you out with your rent. Now, when Tabitha sees this check, she's just overly excited. Like she's got tears of joy now. She's like, you know, God, you really been listening to me. And the disc jockey, he's happy. And he looks at the employee. He's like, man, did you buy all this? He's like, uh, yeah, I bought the food, but it wasn't for me. He was like, well, who's it from? And now the employee knows he has to tell them where this money came from and who this check came from. And he's like, oh, uh, 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 and he starts to cry because he knows he has to say this and they're still on air. So Tabitha walks up to the man and she puts her hand on his back and starts to rub it and says, baby, it's okay. Even the devil has to move at the footsteps of God. And just there, that story helped me to go ahead and finish out the things that I was looking for when I was going to buy my house. Now, that story might not mean a lot to you, but it meant everything to me because it showed how God's timing is always perfect and how Tabitha being obedient into what God told her he was going to do, that he was going to help her and everything was going to be okay. Okay. It showed that me being obedient, what I had to do was going to be okay as well. And on a deeper level, I thought about this story for the last several months of being the first episode on this podcast, because obedience is better than sacrifice. I know that's in the Bible and I know a lot of you guys will go, yeah, it's better. But the reason why I feel like obedience is true in this story is because had Tabitha not been obedient 
to going down to exit 205 to a building she knew nothing about to talking to this man, to telling this man everything that was on her heart that was going, that she was going through. She would have never received any of the, the gifts that God had for her. And if you look at the disc jockey being obedient, if you look at her daughter being obedient by picking out that particular dress, if you look at the employee not being obedient to what his boss said, even though it was spiteful and it felt wrong in his heart, God had already worked it out for them to all be in a moment of joy. Regardless of what the plan was that Tabitha had, God had a better plan. And that's kind of where I'm at with this podcast. I'm at a point where God is really trying to move things in my life. Me and my wife are on a better accord. And it all took me making the steps to wanting to fix myself. And as I'm fixing myself, God is fixing the things around me that I felt were impossible to fix. So I leave you with this message, man. You're not perfect and I'm not perfect, but we can always be better than what we were yesterday. So until the next time, I want you guys to really think about that and just start being obedient in what it is that God is telling you to do. So I'm your host, J-Ron, and this is my first episode of my podcast. Comes with time, man. So special, special. And this shit, like.